All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a nice Friday episode of Dropping the Gloves. Me and Tim, no Ray Bork today, sadly. It was nice to have a big guy on. It's cool. After the interview, I went and watched all that stuff we talked about with Esposito giving his jersey and things. It was kind of cool. Emotional. Lots of tears. Grown men crying. Very, very uh, rare to see. Do you remember watching that live or anything? No, 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 no. That was in, gosh, that would have been, I would have been like four years old when that happened, five years old. Like, was, I was it that long ago? It was in the 80s, I think, you know? So I, I was um, I was just a tyke back then, Tim. You were probably just a, a glimmer. I don't know how old you would have been back then. Maybe not even born yet. But anyways, it was cool to go back down memory lane. It's nice interviewing the retired guys, interviewing the current players. You kind of get of a, I don't know, good contrast of what, you know, past, present, what guys are going through now, what guys are doing. It's cool. Ray Bork, like unbelievable. He's like, oh, where are you at? In my new mansion in Florida. He's showing us his backdrop. He's got this beautiful basement with the coffered ceilings and a big TV and just like the life that guy leads. Doesn't make him happy though, Tim. Money doesn't make you happy. The thing is not happy? Quality of life. Who knows? I don't, you know, I think he's pretty happy though. (laughs) Question, Tim. Okay. Not not hockey related, strictly just kind of personal hygiene related. When you're washing your hands after you go to the washroom or after you know you you cook something, you get some beef on your hands, you've got to wash your hands. What is the process you use when you wash your hands? Take us through the steps. Okay. Well, first I'm gonna squirt some soap onto my hands. You're a squirter first. Okay. Yeah. And then lather and then rinse. So when when does the water come into play? Uh, yeah, maybe I put a little water on first. Now you got me thinking. I'm not totally sure. Because with kids, you have to teach your kids how to do everything. Yeah. So I have a contrasting style with my wife where she's like, squirt the soap on first, then go to the water. I go water first then soap, then back to the water. Because I feel like you need that little bit of water to get the lather, whereas she's soap, dip under the water, then lather. It's just a different different style. Is that, is it all that depends be... on the type of soap you have. If it's a bar of soap, you're under there with the bar of soap under the water. Who's using a bar of soap in 2021, though? There's no, I, there's no need for that anymore. 
sometimes we do bar soap if we don't have a push down because the kids with the push down, they just get really liberal. And I go into the, into the washroom, the sink's covered in soap. It's like, wait, what, what went on in here? And they just like pressing down the button, you know, they think it's fun. So we do bar soap sometimes. Okay. Anyway, it's just, you know, one of those things, it's just, you never think about it. And then you got to teach someone how to do it. It's like, well, how do, how do you do this? I don't know. Is there a good way to do it? Is there a right way and a wrong way? I don't know. Especially with the germs, we've got to make sure they're washing their hands correctly. You know, is does do you and Danielle over beef over how to load the dishwasher? Yeah. Some people I'm are very, very particular. particular. Yeah. I am particular. I like things to be lined up. I don't like wasted space. Whereas she's like, she's a little more liberal. She'll just take a bowl that takes up a whole bottom rack. I'm like, just wash the bowl. And then you could fit in plates and fit in bowls and fit in like smaller items. She's like, I don't want to deal with it. Like if you wash just one item, you free up half of your space in your dishwasher and you can like utilize it more. So yes, that's a battle I've just given up on. Because I know I'm not going to win it. I just let her do her thing. She can run the dishwasher twice a day if she wants. I don't like running that thing. I'm like, I'm going to wash all these dishes by hand. And then we'll put, you know, what we have to put in the, I don't know. I'm more old school that way. And yeah, there's a little battles you got to give up on. Give and take, Tim. It's all about compromise in a relationship. You know what I mean? Yep. You do, so you're in a relationship? I, under- I understand the words that you're saying. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I just saw you were dropping a ball on the, the audience here. There's a lot of women out there who text me and email me. And they say, is Tim available? I'm like, I don't know. You got to talk to Tim. Is that right? Oh, I get inundated with messages on johnscottallstar.com, and they're just all about Tim. He's so handsome. I want to take him on a date. I'll pay. Me too, movement. <laughs> it's very... Ugh daily daily messages from all around the world yeah sorry that must keep you pretty busy it keeps me up at night it really does i'm just constantly just answering emails about you it's part it's literally an hour out of my day every day talking about tim but i enjoy it i honestly enjoy it imagine how much progress you could have made on the house and all that time oh don't tell danielle that don't because anytime i bring it up she just gets a sour look and she goes don't even get me started speaking of wives being upset there was an upset wife in the nhl tim and you don't want to upset your wife especially if it's a it's a high profile player and a russian one no less a russian and those russian wives are feisty they speak their mind and ovechkin's wife took to twitter which is always a good idea when you're upset i've said it a million times if you're upset the first thing i want you to do I want you to get your feelings down and I want you to tweet it so everybody can hear it and see it and read it. That, that, that's the logical thing to do. So a little bit of a backstory. I'm sure everybody knows Ovechkin. This is ridiculous. First of all, I'll just give you the backstory. Then me and Tim can give us, give you our opinions. He got suspended four games because him and some Russians were hanging out in the hotel room and someone found out the whistleblower, you know, told somebody, then they told somebody, and they told somebody, whatever. I don't know how the chain of command works in the NHL anymore. He got suspended. The Capitals pretty much threw him under the bus. We don't support this. This is not part of our plan. We take this virus serious, blah, blah, blah. The usual putting out the fire statements. This is where Ovechkin's wife comes into play. She's upset. She rips off this tweet saying, hey, this is a joke. These guys are in the locker room. They're showering. They're next to each other on the bus. They're next to each other all the time. And all of a sudden, they can't hang out in the room. 
in a, in a hotel room together. It's bogus. Doesn't make sense. I don't like it. Um, go Russia, go. And I think she might have even said it's weird how the Russian guys get suspended. So she's like insinuating that the Russian guys are getting singled out because they're Russian, which I kind of like that. But anyways, what are your thoughts on this, Tim? You're, you're a far left liberal. Some would call you a leftist, maybe even a socialist. What is your thoughts on this? You probably hate her saying this because you don't like women to speak either. What are your initial thoughts on this, Tim? Let's break it down from your, your standpoint. Thank you for the introduction, John. Anytime. Um, anytime. I, until the story broke, I didn't realize that I knew players are kind of on lockdown. They were pretty strict restrictions on where they could go outside of the rink in their hotel rooms and stuff. I didn't realize they couldn't be with each other. Like they're, in each, they're with each other in the dressing room, on the ice, on the road, but somehow like they can't be in the same room at the hotel. Like that doesn't make any logical sense to me. It seemed like maybe there's too much control. Maybe they're, they're predict, just trying to limit any type of exposure possible. Just keep it as singled out in quarantine, no matter what, but it's just, it seems silly to me. So I, I do understand the players wanting to break that and wanted to just hang out with each other. Um, that said, you know, if that's the rule and you broke it knowingly, like I understand why the league needs to punish them too. I don't love the capitals throwing their guys under the bus though. I feel like maybe they could have handled that a little differently, but I wouldn't be surprised if we hear more about this and maybe hopefully from those players get some statements out there too. Yeah. I'm excited for Ovi to make a statement because he doesn't mix words and he's, you know, he always tells it like it is. So I'm excited to get his side of it. When you like take a step back from this and get a real like big picture of what's going on and the rules that are in place. If you're a logical person, you just give your head a shake and you pound your head against the wall because it doesn't make sense. Nothing they say makes sense. If you're sweating next to a guy, like celebrating after goals, showering next to a guy, literally in tight spaces, like we talked about countless times, why would it make any sense to say you can't hang out in a hotel room literally an hour after you just shared a locker room and a bench and a shower and a bus together. It doesn't make any sense. So the fact that they institute this on a player to say, you can't go anywhere, which infringes on their rights as a human in the United States. Like I'm sure they could fight this legally. There's no way you can tell a person what they can and can't do on their personal time. But that's a whole other ball of wax. I don't know what that falls under because this isn't, that's not part of their job. You know what I mean? On company property, I could see them being like, you guys have to, you know, be distanced. You can't tell me what to do when I step out of this rink. I think that is pushing it too far. And there has to be some sort of pushback. Like if I'm Ovechkin, I'm like, I'm not going to let this control my life. I'm hanging out with my teammates in the hotel room on the road. So you're telling me I'm on the road. I have to sit in my room. 12 hours a day and then I have to go to the rink for the other 12 or whoever it may be like that is miserable you're honestly and I don't want to you know compare it to jail because I know some people will be like oh it's completely different but you're you're being told where you can and cannot go and that you know it, it reminds me of a jail so that's it's just too far it is honestly too far I hope they relax that a little bit or at least give them a conference room where they can hang out you know, be the players. It's just stupid. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't follow. We got to follow the science. It doesn't follow anything what they're trying to say. So I am with Ovechkin's wife. It's ridiculous. 
And then this carries over into the other thing that I was playing around in my mind. Ovechkin's the greatest goal scorer who's ever played the game. Arguably. I think he is. If you look at his stats and his pro- projection and his goal pace that he has been on, if you take out the lockout season, if you take out the other lockout season, he lost a season and a half, and he lost COVID, and now you're suspending him for more games. If you give him those games back, he's easily surpassing Gretzky in goals if he's on the same pace that he's scoring throughout his career, which he should, because anytime he's on the ice, he puts pucks in the net. That's what he does. Is there a collusion in the NHL to try to get Ovechkin and not break this record? I'm just no. teasing. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Come on. Thank you. I'm Ooh. teasing. But it is interesting where this guy has had this luck. He's always healthy. He's never been injured. He's had the bad break of the COVID. He's had the two lockouts where he's missed a ton of games. If those games are played, he is easily breaking Gretzky's record. And it'll be, it'll be really a shame if he ends his career not passing that record, which I think – that's what's going to happen. I don't see him keeping this pace up for the next four or five years, which he needs to do. If he were to have those two seasons back, he's got another hundred some goals under his belt, and he's easily surpassing Gretzky. Because so it's a shame that he's getting suspended four games just for something stupid. That, that's right. the way I look at it. He's lost like 150, close to 200 games for for a reason totally out of his control, right? And yeah. you think about like even if conservatively he scores at a forty goal pace, which is pretty much is a lock to do every year. Yeah, yeah, hundred more goals. Dumb. It's just it's really a shame because this is this is a special thing we're witnessing his goal scoring, his pace, his longevity, and we're really just ruining it. And Bettman's ruining it with these silly rules. I just don't like it. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm more of like a. And, and I know people who listen to this podcast or, you know, we, we get a broad spectrum of people across the board politically and where you stand, whatever, whatever. I am under the, the side of like, let's just be smart. Is it smart where you can't have four guys who are on a team together, hang out in a hotel room? I'll sit down and argue anybody anytime that says that's not smart because it just doesn't make sense to me. I can't wrap my head around it. And it is what it is. But for him to get suspended, for those guys to get suspended, it doesn't make sense. If if they get COVID hanging out those four, they didn't get it hanging out in the hotel room. They got it in the locker room. They got it on the bench. They got it on the ice. They got it on the bus. They got it taking a cab to the rink. They got it somewhere else. They didn't get it just all of a sudden meeting up in this hotel room. And that's, that's, the, that's what I think. So There's just too much yeah. logic, John. You're applying too much rational. It makes too sense. much sense. Yeah. Sense and logic, they don't mix – in, in these times. Anyways, Tim, you mentioned throwing people under the bus. Someone got thrown under the bus, bus huge this week. Pierre-Luc Dubois just got tossed under the bus. John Tortorella said, hey, Dubois, there's a bus leaving next week or tomorrow. I want you to be under it. He threw Dubois under the bus when he was talking to the press. These guys are asking him the questions hey, what's going on? What's going on? He's like, I don't know. It's not me. It's the player. Don't ask me these questions. Ask this player. Let's just dig into this. So you saw last night, Dubois got benched. Yep. He had a lackluster shift. Energy level wasn't there. Did you watch that shift, the ISO cam? It wasn't great. Uh. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. great. You know, and, and that happens. Sometimes you get caught, you get disinterested. You know, it's just a bad shift, whatever. Torts benches him. First period on, he's, he's, he's stapled to the bench for the second period and third period. 
The game before that happened, he told reporters, you'll know when I bench him. And sure enough, the very next game, we knew when John Tortorella benched Dubois. What do you think of this situation? Who's in the right? Who's in the wrong? Where does this end up? Because it's, it's, it's going south fast. And I, and I think we're at a point where there has to be a breakup. Well, sure. And, and I guess, like, help me understand it. If he's so disinterested, he wants to go, why hasn't the team traded him yet? Do you think they're, like, actively shopping to just not get in the right deal? Or do you think they're just like, no, shove it. Like, you got to play. You're under contract. No, their GM, he, he wants him out. The only thing that's not helping this situation is Torts is making it worse. He's not giving him ice time. He's not showcasing him. If anything, they're going to get a lower offer because everybody involved in Columbus knows he wants to leave. If they were just to let it slide and not, you know, keep making this an issue, they would get a better offer and showcase your player. Showcasing your player doesn't mean benching them for two and a half periods. Like if I'm a team trying to trade with Columbus, I'm like, well, they need to get rid of this guy. I'm not going to offer him a first rounder anymore. Like I have the advantage. I have the upper hand knowing that they want to get rid of this guy. So that GM is trying to trade Dubois. It's, it's, it's known across the league. So why isn't he traded yet though? He hasn't gotten the offer. He hasn't gotten the package he wants. Dubois is a stud centerman who can log the long minutes, the hard minutes. And he wants a certain thing. He wants a, a quality player. He wants a draft pick. Columbus isn't a team that's rebuilding. They have a solid team. They have a team that can compete. So they just don't want to give him away for some prospects and a draft pick. They want a quality player in return who can help their team now and a draft pick who can help their team in the future. So it, it's, it's a tricky situation where you're trading him to a team that wants to win now as well, and they're not going to give up an asset too. So what do you do? I don't know. It, it's a tricky trade that, they have, that has to be made. I know you don't know him, but if you had to guess what was the number one reason that he wanted out so bad, what would you think that is? It's Tortorella. It's tor- we, we've seen this countless times. Like This isn't the first player Torts has ran out of town. He did it with Panarin. He did it with Bobrovsky. Those are the two recent guys. Star players who like to play with the puck don't want to play defense. They don't want to play a Tortorella system. It's not hard to wrap your head around. This is what's happening. So what was it like in the, at the Rangers room where like San Luis and Gabrick, those guys were there, right? When you were there? Yeah. Gabrick didn't want to play for him. What about San Luis? I wasn't there with St. Louis. I was there oh, with Gabrick. Okay. Yeah. Gabrick didn't want to play with them. It was, it was obvious. They got, they, they butted heads constantly. Tortorella used to call him out on video weekly. Gabby, what are you doing here? Gabby, what are you doing here? Gabby, what are you doing here? And Gabby would be five feet out of the shot lane. He didn't care. He's not there to block a shot. He's there to put the puck in the net. Gabby, why aren't you back checking? Why aren't you backtracking this guy? Get, get in the lane. You know, we're coming back through the middle. I've said it time and time and again. Why would you put your stallion, your racehorse, in the mud? You know what I mean? He's a sprinter. Let him sprint. Let him do what he's paid $7 bucks for. Why would you want that guy laying down blocking shots, potentially breaking a wrist, breaking a foot, breaking a hand? It doesn't make sense to me, but that's Tortorella's way. you got to respect it. But this is why you see players who do not want to play for John Tortorella, who are of that talent level. That's why Panarin didn't want to come back. That's why Dubois wants out. That's why Gabrick didn't want to play with them. And there's countless more who just got jettisoned out because they did not want to play the Tortorella way. And that's and that's the Tortorella way isn't a bad way to play. I, I enjoy playing his way. I, I think it's it's a hard nose. Everybody's accountable, accountable. Either you're pulling the chain or you're you're off the team, you know? But some guys just don't want to do that. And that's fine. 
But that doesn't think- mean if you're John Tortorella that you throw your player under the bus and say, you know what, talk to him. I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I think he's right in his way of like, if you don't want to play with me, that's fine. But you can't just sit there and throw your player under the bus and say, you know what, don't talk to me. Talk to him. Yeah, and what does this do for like future free agents looking at a team that Tortorella is coaching? They're probably saying, yeah, I don't, I don't want any part of that, right? It, it takes a special mentality. Like their captain, Felino, he's the perfect guy for that team. He plays both sides of the puck. You get rewarded if you play hard. And a lot of guys like that. A lot of guys love that type of coaching. I did. I, you know, I, I worked my tail off. I, I would do whatever I can. Goal scorers, they're there to goal. They're great. Put, put goals, bleh, put pucks in the net. But, yeah, if you're a skilled guy, if you're a Patty Kane coming into free agency, it's like, do I want to go to Columbus where I'm going to be yelled at and forced to step into the lane and finish my checks and back check my tail off and waste all of my energy in the defensive zone? Not really. So, yes, it definitely affects the, the talent who's going to Columbus. I don't know. It's just it's, – it's plain to see. I hope they can resolve this because it's just – it's not a good look for anybody. This guy is in the prime of his career. Not even in the prime. I'd say he's not to his best hockey yet. So we'll see what happens. He just got put on free agency in the fantasy league. I'm thinking about picking him up. Yeah, you, you got some a lot of centers already, though. That's what I mean. He's he's only a centerman. Is he going to, you know, am I going to play him over Shifley? Am I going to play him over Conor David? Probably not. So I'm not going to pick him up. Everybody, calm down. I hope you're sitting down. If you're not, sit down because I have something to tell you. Something that's huge. Something that is monumental. I love sports betting. You love sports betting. Even Tim loves sports betting. And Tim doesn't like anything. And whether you've been betting for a while or you're thinking about getting started and you've never done it before, I want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors. It's called the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. This isn't Monopoly money. This is the real thing, everybody. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And there is hundreds of thousands of sports betting apps. So if you're the number one, like that's, you know, that's something. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Network Pro subscription, you get the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game. You can see the money bet percentages on every game. You can see the teams professional gamblers take. That's the cool one. You can see what all the pros are doing. You can take advantage of the pro systems with match-winning historical betting trends and the latest games and lines, all this stuff. You can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. They make it dummy-proof. If you don't win, there's something wrong with you. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. And for a limited time only, my listeners can receive 50% off an annual Pro subscription. They're giving it away, everybody. They're giving away money. Just go to actionnetwork.com now and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code John Scott. That's one word, John Scott. This offer's not going to last. So go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code John Scott to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today, everybody. 
All right, everybody, listen up. Your company's salary cap is probably tighter than it's ever been, and you can't afford to miss on a new hire. Every person you add needs to fit just right, just like Tim does on the podcast. He fits perfect. That's where Indeed helps you hire great people faster. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly with Indeed Instant Match. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality short list faster. Now, you want your quality short list fast? You need Indeed right now. Listen up. Our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is Indeed's best offer anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash blue wire offer is valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. What about Jumbo? Did you see what happened to him last night? Um, yes, ago? he's out four weeks. Um, At least. That's, that's, that's a hit, you know? The body doesn't come back as quick as it used to when you were 21, 22. So he started the year off really strong, which is sad. You know, he had some chemistry. He was playing well. You could see the the gelling happening between Marner and Matthews. And it was excitable. Like, you, you wanted to see where this was going. So to see that happen, and he never, you know, I don't know. The body doesn't respond like it used to. There's a lot of chatter right now talking about um, the Canadian division, the North division, and whether or not they should keep it next year, assuming things are back to normal, right? What are your thoughts on this? Like, this is, for me, like, this is such a cool thing. It's creating some great rivalries. I know Canada's loving it and playing these games every night. Do you think they should keep that for at least a few more years and keep that going? No, I don't think they should. I, I think it's a one and done. I think, yeah, yeah, you have the rivalries between the Canadian teams, but you're losing out on the Montreal, the Bostons, the Toronto, the Buffalo, the the Vancouver and Seattle. There are other rivalries out there to be had with the Canadian teams, and they're a big ticket. If if you're an American fan, you want to see Connor McDavid. You want to see Austin Matthews. So to say we're just going to keep these you know divisions the way they are, I think you keep some of the – Divisions, you know, maybe align that way, but you can't. You can't. Well, you got to switch it up a little bit. What if they keep the division, but they don't have only interdivisional games? You know what I mean? Like, keep, yeah. you, you play those teams the most, but you're still going to play Boston and Philly and Buffalo, but you're also going to play Montreal five times. You're going to play Toronto five times. You're going to play Winnipeg five times. I don't think that's, I don't think you keep the divisions that way. I, I think you keep the Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal together, and you keep the Western teams together. But I, I don't think it's sustainable. I really don't. And I know they're traveling less than all the other teams. Like, I think they're traveling a third less compared to all the other teams in the USA. But I don't see it happening. Batman's going to mix it up. He's, he's going to shuffle the deck a little bit. It, you got to get Vancouver out of the division. It's just too hard for them. It really is. And they're struggling this year, Vancouver. They are struggling. Oh. Speaking of them, former guest of the show, Tyler Myers, you see what happened to him last night or what he no, did? No, I did not. He pretty bad um, targeting to the head on Joel Armia of uh, Montreal, and he got the 10-minute misconduct, and he's probably going to miss some supplemental time. It was, it was an ugly hit. Uh, I like to hear that because the bad blood is boiling. Yeah. And I like that. You, you've seen some of the games or some fights 
There's some animosity. I enjoy that. What did I say before this season? I said, it's going to take a dirty hit. It's going to take a suspension. It's going to take someone taking a run and it's starting. It's absolutely starting. So I'm excited to see that army is going to be fine. Hopefully I didn't see the hit. If he's fine, Mizey will get a couple games, and then the next time they play, it's going to be fireworks, baby. There's going to be fights. There's going to be some bad blood. There's going to be some passion. It's great. It's great for hockey. Montreal was dominating him. I'm sure Mizey was upset. You know, we're losing by four. I got to make a statement here. This kid's trying to dangle me. I, don't, I didn't see the play, but I can just imagine big Mizey took him out, baby. I like that. It's good. My, my final bit of uh, news or excitement here is that the Bruins scored some even strength goals last night. And they wanted a comeback against the Flyers. So finally, the ice is broken and the dam is loose, and they're going to start scoring four or five goals a game now. That's that's how it works. Well, I, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. It's it's good for them. It's good for hockey when the Bruins are good. It's funny to see these teams who we thought were going to struggle are actually p- playing fairly well. L.A., San Jose, Boston, they're competing. So maybe there's going to be a little more parity parity than we thought. Mind you, Chicago is still is still not good. <laughs> they still haven't gotten a regulation win. They lost in uh, overtime to was it Tampa Bay? So they they're going to struggle. But I think across the board, everybody's playing fairly well. I know Edmonton and Toronto are somehow having trouble scoring. Their defense is playing decent, which is good. Koskiani had a good game the other night. But it's um it's fun. You know, there there's no weak links in the NHL to this point, other than Chicago. Detroit's playing well. Bobby Ryan's you know putting some points together. So we'll see. Some teams haven't even played yet, Tim. Dallas has yet to play a game. I know. So it'll be interesting to see when they come into the fray. Are they the Stanley Cup contenders that they were last year? Or are they going to take a step back? I don't know. It's it's still uh, it's early, but it's exciting. I was thinking on the way into to the podcast today. During the usual season, you kind of get a good glimpse of how things are going to end up by Thanksgiving. And what is the mark this season? of when you can get a good gauge on how things are going to end up. It's a 56-game schedule. Is it around the 20-game mark? You get a good gauge on, you know, it's yeah. a good sample size. Like Valentine's Day? Yeah. yeah. I think you're probably right. So I think around Valentine's Day, let's check in on where the standings are, and we'll do a little recap because 20 games in, you're almost halfway through. That's when you you get a good feel of if you're going to be a contender, if you're going to make the playoffs, you need to get some people to help. It'll be interesting because it is, you know, it's only 56 games. It's not normal. It's very strange, much like last year. It's a strange year. Yeah. Yeah. It will be cute. It will it'd be good to see how that shakes out and like whether or not that feels like, because I think a, a lot of teams will end up dropping out a lot sooner than that and like way out of the picture. Um, but if we, if we do use that as like the measuring stick, it'll be interesting to compare that to what team to actually make the playoffs. You know? Yeah. We'll have a look at it. My my predictions are looking fairly good, though. My um my bold predictions. No coaches have been fired. Okay, two weeks into the season. Hey, not bad. McDavid, Dreinsaitl, the Nuge needs to pick his game up because he's nowhere near the top five score. <laughs> yeah. So we're neither, we're, neither we're is Dylan that. Larkin. So Larkin stinks. I don't know why you would ever make that prediction. It was a bold prediction. Just wanted to get people <sighs> chattering, you know. I know we're going to have to revisit those at the Valentine's Day mark to see where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Because I have a feeling none of yours are going to come true. Although, who did you say was going to win the Norris? Theodore? Krug. Krug. Does he have a point yet? I said he would lead all defensemen in points. He um, is no, no, he's not. He's not. 
He's struggling, not having a good year. Another I think- thing I wanted to touch on before, before we get out of here, an interesting thing is happening this season where there's a ton of back-to-back games. And, and I thought it was interesting to kind of go back and see how many sweeps there were, how many times there's a split and how often. And it's, and it's funny to see there's a lot of splits happening. There's not a lot of sweeps. And I, I wonder if that has to do with the mentality of the team winning and the mentality of the team losing and how if you win that first game handily, you're not making many adjustments. You kind of come into the second game a little complacent, whereas the team who got smoked or the team who lost can make adjustments, come back. They have a little fire in their tummy. They don't want to get embarrassed again. And it is interesting. Out of all the games that have you know had back-to-back, and there's been quite a few of them, the majority of them end up being splits. And even the ones who the first game where the team got blown out, like a few weeks ago, the Rangers got blown out by the Islanders 4 nothing, And then they came back and they just blew out the Islanders the next night 5 nothing. And to have that kind of nine-goal swing, it's pretty remarkable. And I, I just thought it was interesting. Maybe we could talk about a little bit how the mindset of a player going into the second game of back-to-back, whether you're the winning team or the losing team, and how that affects you. Because if, if I am playing a back-to-back in the first game, we dominate. I don't go into the second game as serious as the first game. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the and pressure I, and is And maybe off, I right? take it lightly. So it, it, it's something to look for going forward because it, it is going to happen. There's so many back-to-backs, and I think it's kind of interesting where, you know, you just expect that team to just keep that momentum. But more often than not, the team that lost comes back stronger and wins that game. So if I'm a gambling man, I'm taking the team that lost the first night in that second matchup. It'll be interesting to, like, have another player on maybe in a, in a few weeks, a month or so, and ask them questions like that. Like, hey, what's it like playing these teams back-to-back? You got, you know – two and three or whatever, two and two. And, and how do you approach the second game if you win versus whether you lose? What's the mental state like? What are the boys like in the room? Because, yeah, if you win the first game, like the pressure's off, right? At, at worst, you split, right? Yeah. And you can kind of have a little bit of fun and, and maybe take some chances and, and not have the uh, focus on just getting the win. So I, I bet that's probably a challenge that coaches are aware of, right? And they're, they're trying to alleviate to make sure that the stuff doesn't happen. And the boys are staying focused and, and, you know, still trying to win these games. Well, especially early in this season, you're not watching the schedule. You're not watching the points. And the first 10, 20 games, you're just going out and playing. But once, you know, you're in the last 10 games, you kind of know where you're standing. You're like, okay, we play these guys twice. We can make up four points. It's huge games. But when it's the beginning of the season, you don't care. Like, you're not, you're not checking the points and the schedule and this and that. If you go into a weekend, you're like, hey, you know what, let, let's, let's get after it. You know, let's, let's try to do our hardest. But you're not as invested as you would be a month and a half or two months later. So yep. things will change down the line when, when points become scarcer and they come, become more important. But right now, it is interesting. I, I don't know. I, I'm a guy who kind of geeks out on that a little bit where you, you think the team that won the first game would just win the second game because they dominated the first game. But it hasn't happened. So it's interesting. Keep a track on that, Tim. It's uh, it's one of those interesting things that it's kind of cool to see a player's mentality really does affect the game. Talent and work ethic, they're all tied to your mentality and your mental state. If you go into a game locked a days ago, I don't care how talented you are, you're not going to win. If you go into a game locked in, seeking revenge, seeking redemption, you're going to win that game. So That's some great uh, life lessons to take us into the weekend, John. I should charge for this. I really should because I am just such a motivational speaker. People don't, they always tell me, John, you're an inspiration. You really are. I tell you that every day. I know. I know. 
it's a gift, Tim, you know, and I can either take advantage of it. And that's what I'm trying to do. So what are you going to do? Anyways, what do you got? What do you got planned for this weekend, Tim? Uh, nothing. Actually, I might go skate. Uh, if you want to skate, play, play hockey at the outdoor rink near your house. Suns Bay? Yeah. When? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the whole weekend. I might go in a little bit today. It's been snowing a lot. It's not good for rinks, but it has been cold. So I'm going to check it out. Maybe give me a text when you're gone. Okay. I'm going to be watching my Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Where are you going to watch? AFC. I don't have a TV at my house. You don't have a TV at your house? I don't. So I got to figure out where to watch it. There's no restaurants that are open. I literally sat outside of a bar and they had their TV on last weekend. And I watched a whole quarter of the Packers game. Because I, I had ordered a pizza on a Sunday and I was waiting to pick it up. And I didn't know what to do. So I parked outside of Dillinger's and they had their TV on. And I watched a game through the window from my car, a whole quarter of the Packers game, Packers, LA Rams. That's how sad. That's how the state yeah. I'm at. Was it raining too? It was actually snowing, raining. Yes. It was, it's so pathetic where I'm at now trying to watch football. It really is pathetic. We'll so just come over and I'll just, I'll get an illegal stream going. Well, you said go to Reddit, right? They don't have anything. Yeah, they do. You just didn't find it. They don't have anything. It's it's a fake news. You tried to I searched Reddit. I said Bills versus Ravens Reddit stream and everything was just junk. It was like guys watching the game doing play by play. It's like I don't want to watch a guy tell me what's <laughs> happening who's watching the game. I want to watch the game. So I don't know what's going to happen. I got to find I got to go somewhere to watch this game because the Bills are in the AFC Championship. They're playing the Chiefs. It's going to be an epic game. It really is going to be a great game. I'm predicting a Bills win, and I'm predicting a Bills Super Bowl versus Tom Brady. And it's going to be unbelievable. New England versus Buffalo. Buffalo's going to exact revenge. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Tom's going to cry. Bills are going to hoist the trophy. I'm going to go to the parade. I'm going to jump through a table. It's going to be epic. You just wait, Tim. You just wait. I hope that's what I'm going to be doing. That's what I'm going to be doing. But anyways, everybody, watch the Bills game this weekend. Cheer on the Bills. Let's get behind them. They need your support. And we will see you, everybody, next week. Unless the Bills lose, then I'm going to go in a deep, deep, deep depression. And I'll see you guys in a month. Right, Tim? Yep, I'll handle it. I got this. Yes, you do. Oh, you're the best. All right, everybody. I will talk to you later. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Dropping underscore Gloves. For episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways, check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.